CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Happy Friday, Option Actions. Options Action fans, I'm Tyler Matheson in for Melissa Lee. We've got a big show on deck, and here is what's coming up. Tonight on Options Action, stocks soar following today's blowout jobs report. And if you think there's more room to run in this record rally, my co is the perfect way to play it. Plus, Guy Adami is finding some much-needed zen for your portfolio. How he's trading Lululemon into next week's earnings. And later... Dan Nathan says Starbucks is brewing up a big breakout. He'll lay out how you can avoid getting roasted in this piping hot trade. It's time to risk less and make more. Options Action starts right now. Welcome, everybody. Let's get after it here. It was a big day for the markets. The Dow surging more than 330 points. The S&P 500 erased its losses for the week. The rally following a better-than-expected jobs report. And there were records across the board, including big tech names like Apple and Alphabet. Both of those stocks hit all-time highs and added to the sector's red-hot run this year. And if you are betting on an even bigger tech takeoff, we've got a way to play it. Let's get in the money with Mike Coe. Take it away, sir. What do you think? Yeah, got? you know, it's, it's interesting. So we got this payroll report today. Obviously, the markets uh, responded very favorably to that. But I think, actually, we got some clues that we had some significant strength in the market earlier this week. When the trade news, which was definitely not positive, didn't knock the market down much further. We were talking about Mm -hmm. this before we began the show. That was news. If you consider that that was one of the keystone elements that was basically propelling the market higher and suddenly you pull that away, you would have expected the market to get pulled sharply lower. It didn't. And in fact, actually, it closed, all things equal, relatively strongly that day. So then when you add positive news on top of that, and you get some sense maybe that internationally things aren't as weak as everybody yeah. had said, that creates all of this strength. In the midst of all of this, obviously, we, we continue to be, despite this week's movements, in a relatively low volatility environment. We see options prices remain relatively low. When we're looking at the tech sector on a valuation basis, we look at it on a price-to-earnings basis, it is getting a little bit heady here, but I think if I was going to worry about anything, I'd look more on a price-to-sales basis. I mean, what are we trading around? 24 times, I think, forward at this point. Um, but I think because options, number one, are relatively cheap. I think because every new high was preceded by new highs, right? So that can't be a reason to sell just because we're at new highs. And we obviously have a lot of optimism going into the holidays here. I think you can keep trades in this space relatively simple. I was just looking out to January. You could buy the 88 calls for $1.65. The idea here is that you know we're not looking to take material downside risk because if the market does pull back, we want to basically define how much risk we're taking. This is not a considerable amount of risk. We're taking about 2%. This was very close to at the money when I was looking at this earlier today. And look, you know, you may very well have an opportunity to monetize this trade even prior to expiration. All it takes is for it to rally through that strike just a little bit. To get up above, sp- what, 89, 89.65? Well, no, if, even if it just runs above, yeah, by expiration. But if it runs above 88 in the meantime, you're going to see gains on this trade. You yeah. can spread it. You can roll it. There are a lot of things you could do here. Yeah, Reaction. so you're saying there's a lot of optionality there. You know, this exactly. is a really, XLK is a really interesting ETF because we know the two top holdings are Microsoft and Apple, both up considerably on the year. Microsoft up 50%, Apple's up 70 
20-some percent, both closing basically at all-time highs today, but followed by Visa and MasterCard. Now, some people just think that's a nice little fintech play when you think about it. So the XLK, to me, is a really interesting um, uh, instrument. And I think if you like Mike's idea, you like the idea of playing for continued um, upside in these mega-cap names, then this is a great way to do it. You're defining your risk to a couple percent of this ETF price that the biggest drivers of it are just up so massively. But I guess some of the fundamental drivers of the stories within it are still very much intact. Guy? It's interesting. I mean, you can make a cogent argument that, yeah, there's some names that are inexpensive. But, for example, Texas Instruments, to me, is the poster child for what's going on. You have no earnings growth. You have a couple quarters of a pretty lousy reports, yet the stock still commands a 23 times forward multiple, and people seem impervious to any bad news that's going on in the space. So, you know, I'll use a Dan Nathan line, knock yourself out if you want to continue to buy these stocks, and volatility is cheap enough where it does make sense, but we are five or so days away from President Trump pulling the ripcord and going forth with these tariffs. And, you know, a name like Texan, which is trading 122, if he does this on December 15th, that stock will be $100 so fast it'll make your head spin. So it's amazing to me that people are just turning a blind eye to all the negative things that are out there. Makes people like me look really stupid on a nightly basis, but it doesn't mean the problems don't still exist. All right, let's move on now. The tech trade may be heating up, but one big coffee stock has been on ice for a few months now. Starbucks got a caffeine boost to all-time highs over the summer, but since then the buzz has worn off. Yet have no fear, coffee lovers. Dan Nathan says something big could be brewing for this stock. Yeah, interesting. We were just talking about some of these mega cap tech names that are trading at all-time highs that make new highs seemingly every day and have massively outperformed the broader market here. You know, Starbucks, when this thing was in July, like you said, at all-time highs, um, was up 55% on the year. And let's tell this story through pictures. That chart right there is basically January 2019 through late July 2019. That was the day, July 26th, the stock gapped up. 9% to an all-time high, nearly kissed wow. 100 on better-than-expected global same-store sales. I mean, it was about as good as it could get, right? And we also know, though, that this stock trades at a premium multiple. Well, what happened over the next few months? This chart right here is from the next day, July 27th. The stock almost had a 20% peak-to-trough decline from those all-time highs. I think investors were starting to think about what is the implications of slowing global growth, a U.S. recession, maybe getting more focused on on valuation. These were all things that were kind of hitting the stock market back then. Well, here's the thing. Let's look at the chart right now. You put them two together and you see that it just bounced off a couple of times from that uptrend from the December lows. It's now approaching what I think was an important technical level on the downside a few months ago, which is now resistance, um, you know, right below 90 or so. That looks like a really constructive chart to me. And so, I just think about this. With option premiums where they are, not too different than what Mike was just discussing, that's implied volatility, the price of options short-dated in Starbucks. They're nearing 2019 lows. What that says to me, that people who want to make directional bets in individual names like this, this is the way to do it with defined risk. So much like Mike's trade, today, when Starbucks was trading at 86.30, you could look out to January expiration and you could buy the January 87.5 call for $1.50. That breaks even... Um, at 89 bucks, it's up 3%. You're risking 2% of the stock price, and you have about six weeks. Now, here's the thing. I think that even with the stock up 35% on the year, which is pretty 
uh, remarkable. It's outperforming the S&P. You could see a push towards back towards those highs either into the end of the year or possibly the new year. That's my target 100. Earnings are to be the end of January. I chose January expiration because I think you have a run up into it. And if you do get a run, back to Mike's point about optionality of just owning a call, there's a lot of things you can do it. You can spread it. You can roll it up and out, that sort of thing. But I like Starbucks as a setup here. We're going to take a pause here and uh, because we have some breaking news on that defamation case against Elon Musk. Jane Wells is in L.A. with the details. A lightning fast resolution. Uh, yeah. Only took an hour. Elon Musk is not liable for defamation. He wins the case. He is upstairs. He said, my faith in humanity is restored. Vernon Unsworth loses. This may not be the end of it. Unsworth has a U.K. attorney, and he has also talked about filing a suit in Thailand as well. But here in Los Angeles federal court, Elon Musk wins. He is found not liable for defaming Vernon Unsworth. Guys, back to you. All right, Jane Wells, thank you very much. Uh, Mike, let's go back to the Starbucks trade that uh, Dan just uh, outlined. What do you think? Yeah, no, I think this is the right way to play this. I mean, look, there are times when selling puts make sense, when you see entry points that you find really attractive, when options premiums are elevated. None of those things are really true here. The idea is if you're going to commit new capital to the market, do you want to do that by buying stocks after they've had this kind of a run, or do you want to take advantage of the fact that options are relatively cheap, get near side participation. You're going to get participation to the upside if it continues to rally, but if this does prove to be the zenith for stocks, you're not going to feel that bad because you're risking a relatively small amount relative to going out and buying the stock here. So I think this is absolutely the right way to play. Gentlemen, we're going to take our first break. For everything Options Action, check out our website, optionsaction.cnbc.com. And while you're there, check out our newsletter. In the meantime, here's what's coming up next. Shares of Lululemon stretching higher this year. And our Mike Coe and Guy Adami are teaming up to give you a namaste way to trade the stock into its earnings next week. Plus, calling all options action fans. Reach into your pocket, grab your phone, and tweet us your question at options action. If it's nice, we'll answer it on air when options action returns. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back to Options Action. Every sports dynasty has to deal with some adversity on the way to the top, and so has this sportswear stock. After a year of big headlines, not all good, Nike broke out to an all-time high today on the heels of an upgrade from Goldman Sachs. But there is another big name in the athleisure world that is coming for Nike's crown. It is up nearly 90% mm. this year, and the company reports earnings on Wednesday. So you know what that means. The tag team. We have sent the uh, bad boys over to the corner of the ring. Guy and Mike are at the plasma. Take it away, Guy. So in the break, we were listening to Eric Clapton, and I know this. Eric Clapton wears Lululemon. He's amongst many men, and that's one of the reasons to own Lulu. What's going on? Growing menswear. That's in the middle. But you know what else is growing on? We talk about China all the time. Look at what they did last quarter in China. China growth, 68%. 68%. That's a real number. Also, margins are improving in this environment. 
Operating margins better than expected. Comps crazy, up 17% last quarter. I don't mention valuation because it's very hard to make a cogent argument about valuation. But this is a stock that in the earnings, I think, continues to go higher. With that said, Mr. Clapton, I'm tapping in my co. All right. So, yeah, I mean, let's think about that valuation for a second. Obviously, we were just talking about it. The stock has had a 90% run so far this year. And it's obviously very challenging to go out and commit new capital to stocks that not only have had such a profound move, but also are trading at such a high multiple. The other thing is that right now, options prices are actually also pretty high. Why is that? Because we've got earnings coming up next week. The stock is implying a move of a little over 8%. So going out and just buying call options, the kind of idea that we were talking about in Starbucks, that's okay, probably not going to work so well right here. The other thing is that in a situation like this, there's obviously, based on the price action, based on the valuation, and based on the options premiums, we know that there are some very high expectations. Maybe there's a way that we can participate on further gains in the stock without risking a great deal. This is what I was taking a look at. You could trade the December, January 250 call spread. That's an out-of-the-money call spread. You could buy the January 250 call, spend $5, sell the Decembers against it for $315. Net-net, you're spending $1.85. Consider that relative to the price of the stock. Now, here's the idea. This is going to see the best profits if the stock migrates right up to this 250 area and actually will remain profitable as long as it doesn't blow out past 283. Bear in mind, the average analyst price target on the stock right now is about 247. That would represent you know, a pretty good move. I mean, we're talking about 230-ish is about where we close today. An 8% move to the upside gets you right into this neighborhood. And if it falls below that, how much are you risking? $1.65. So I think that's the kind of thing that we, uh, that we like. When we're looking on All right, gentlemen, come on back and assume pigeon pose over here. Pigeon pose. Pigeon pose in the chair to I'm my not sure left. I'm what that means. So, so Mike All says right. this is the sort of trade that he likes. Yes. I love this trade, and yep. I'll tell you why. Mike's using some really simple and smart math here. He's basically taking the implied move in the options market between now and next Friday about $20. That's why he's choosing that 250 strike, and he's risking less than 1% of the stock price. So there's a lot of ways this trade can make money between now and December expiration without Mike having to kind of thread the needle the way that you might think so. So this stock has rallied 20% in a month. And now you're giving it another 8.5% room to the upside. And if you get that right, you're going to end up seeing that January call that you own appreciate. I, I really like the trade setup. Yeah, I mean, the challenging thing in a case like Lulu, this is, I mean, we, a lot of people go out and buy the products. My wife is a huge fan of Lululemon products. The products are fairly pricey. The stock is fairly pricey, both in terms of valuation and its absolute dollar price. You run out and you buy 100 shares of this thing, that's 23 grand. Right? So you could buy this call spread, which rep- each contract represents 100 shares, but you're going to be risking $165 to put this trade on, and it could be worth considerably more than that if it migrates to the upside. On the downside, that's how much you're risking. And that's really the whole idea here, that with the market having rallied, with this stock really having rallied, how can we still participate at this late stage if we think the stock has room to move? Always the question, am I getting in too late? Is it too late to Risk buy? less Make more. The, that's the sounds like line out of Hamilton. No, it's out of options action. Yeah. Hamilton might have ripped these guys off, yeah. but that's what they say. Quickly, Barclays initiated, I think, on November 25th, 257 price target. It gets there. That, Tyler, is the sweet spot 
that Mike just spoke of. All right, gentlemen, we're going to take a break. Uh, up next, remember that big market sell-off earlier this week? Seems like forever ago, right? Well, one of our traders is still spying some choppy trading into the year end, and we will break down the action on that one. Don't go anywhere. Much more options action is coming up next. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back to Options Action. Time to take a look back at one of our open trades. Last time this show aired, it was probably last Friday. Well, no. We had Thanksgiving. Oh, we had Thanksgiving. <laughs> and so that's why the so show was usurped. So it was, it was two weeks ago, T. Well, Dan Nathan, two weeks ago, laid out a way to protect your portfolio into the end of the year. Listen. If you've enjoyed really nice gains in the stock market this year, but you also have the memory of the Q4 decline last year, and you're saying to yourself, how can I protect my portfolio, or how can I profit from, let's say, a a decline, an unexpected decline in the S&P 500 between now and year end, you could actually look out to December 31st expiration options. They have them here. They call them the quarterlies here. And with the stock, the ETF trading at 310 today, you could look to buy the December 31st, 310, 295 put spread, paying $3 for that. All right, the market has seen some big swings since that trade. The S&P falling hard to kick off the week before surging back once again toward all-time highs today. But there's plenty of more time for volatility before this trade expires. So, Dan, what are you doing? Yeah, I mean, this is exactly what you kind of put this trade on for, the sort of price action that we had this week. I think it was interesting that peak to trough, that decline was about 2.5%. A lot of declines that we've had over the last 18 months from all-time highs have been a little steeper to the tune of like 5%. And that's really what this trade was targeting. So for me, I think you really kind of hold on to it. It's lost a third of its value. You want to be careful here that you don't let it just all erode, and you want to put a premium stop at some point on a trade like this. But some of you guys may have different views. Yeah, and let's let's add. Let's ask one of them right now. Let's talk about Dan's trade. Uh, joining us now is XP Investments Managing Director Bonowin Eisen. He's uh, market just handed in, handed in a big week. What do you think of what Dan is proposing here? A lot to like about the trade. I mean, I've heard a few people refer to it as insurance, and we should be thinking about it just like that. It's insurance. I say insurance, and I watch his eyes roll. Mine do, too. No one likes to pay insurance premiums, but it is. It's a cheap way to insure your portfolio, and I like it. Well thought out, very well laid out trade. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, there's two things you ought to think about when you're putting on insurance on the market. Am I looking for near-side protection, which I think is what Dan is getting here, or am I looking for the disaster protection? If you're looking for disaster protection, sometimes you're looking for cheaper optionality that has a bigger payoff but isn't going to provide you near-term insurance. This one provides very near-term insurance. 310 strike is very close to Bonowin, what do you expect between now and the end of the year? You know, I think it's, it's a pretty binary situation, right? And we have the trade deal overhang. We have a lot of other news coming out. Uh, I think either we continue to grind higher, um, or I think we actually do see some real downside risk here. Um, and I would think about maybe moving the strikes around here to, to, to mitigate that. Yeah. If, if the uh, uh, higher tariffs go into effect, was it a week from now? Yeah, so he, he makes a really good point about moving strikes. And so when we talk about these trades, the, the sort of hedging insurance sort of trade, you want to do this tactically. You don't want to do it kind of frequently. And so one thing I would say is like, 
today, um, you know, with the stock near 315 or so, it's about $5 out of the money right now. Um, you want to kind of hang out for a little bit. But to his point, if you thought there was going to be some downward volatility, you may want to move the strikes and once again get yourself in a position where you would basically get the, the max of sort of insurance. Yeah, I make another quick point, too, which is that when you have a trade like this, it's also possible to trade around it. Let's yeah. just bear that in mind. So earlier this week, I had a big drawdown. I actually had some put spreads on. I took them off. If you follow us on Twitter, you should. I mentioned that I took some on them off. I have actually since put more back on again. Mm. So, you know, in a situation like this where you get a market pullback, especially where there's a lot of things that are propelling it higher, don't be afraid to take some profits when you have them and look for other tactical opportunities to reinitiate trades, especially when you're dealing with put spreads, which aren't going to continue to pay off big if the market goes much lower. Guy? I don't want to get into the 400 series of options, but this was a perfect week Watch this, Dan. To trade your whip, you had a ver- you had a great opportunity this week to trade against that initial put position. That's that's inside baseball stuff. But Dan's not in his head. Bonwin's not. They know what I'm talking about. <laughs> For you folks at home, you can go to the OA website and read about that. I'll story. have to do that. I'll have to be one of the people who does that. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick break. Bonwin, thank you very much. We appreciate you being with us. Have a great weekend. When we come back, we'll have the final call. And welcome back to Options Action. Guy, big week ahead. What's on your radar for next well, week? Well, I mean, next week is an interesting week, but it's next Sunday, the 15th of December, when the potential for these tariffs come into play. So I think all next week, you're going to see tweets pro, tweets con. I think, listen, I think volatility in this environment is way too cheap. And I think the downside risk still outweighs the upside tower. In my opinion, I've been wrong, though. Have you ever gone into a, into a Fed week with a more anticlimactic Fed week than this one? I I don't, think the, I don't think the Fed's the issue right now. I mean, to your point, no, I don't think that's the case. I don't think people are watching that at all. Yeah. I think people are watching to see what these trade headlines what are. What the trade things is. Let's move to our final calls. Dan, what do you got? Yeah, we were just talking about cheap premium. I mean, listen, the SPY, if you thought uh, you want to look at December premiums, you move your strikes up, and I think you get some protection. All right, Mike, you're next. Yeah, I mean, if you're thinking XLK, it's a lot easier to just go out, buy some call options, lower risk in this environment right now. And Mr. Dunn, you Dom, mentioned you get you're the back last with us word. on Tuesday. I will see you Tuesday. I think it's Tuesday. Yes. Who's, you know, you're not going to be here Monday. I'm going to be here Monday. Well, I mean, my final call is, you know what? We talk a lot about trading. So, you know, enjoy the weekends. There's so few and far between, Ty. We should go grab a scotch right now. That's my final I'm call. I'm all in on that. That's my option. Lululemon. That call spread costs Gentlemen, less than a couple pairs much. That does it for Options Action. Back next Friday at 530. Don't go anywhere. Mad Money right now. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts.